Welcome back to Escaping the Comfort Zone. I'm thrilled to introduce you to your host, Paul Romans, along with special guest, Hector Gutierrez of Hardstyle Kettlebell. If you didn't check out our last episode, I encourage you to do so. Hector shared all about how he got involved in the world of kettlebell, and it is truly fascinating. So without further ado, sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, everyone. This is Paul Romans with uh, Escaping Your Comfort Zone. We're here with... Hector Gutierrez, and uh, just to get a little background on how to get in shape, toss around a little kettlebell. Okay, Hector, correct me if I'm wrong. So you get your foot distance mm-hmm. from the kettlebell, and then you uh, take a step back and get the equal distance. Mm-hmm. Your shoulder, your feet, with a single kettlebell, your feet are shoulder width apart. About shoulder width apart, mm-hmm, yep. And you get uh, sort of a 45? About a 45 degree angle with your feet. So essentially the, the wider that your feet, the wider your legs become, the more you have to turn your toes out. Okay, okay. so if you go really wide, let's just say like single bell doesn't need to be as wide because it's just enough room to get the bell between your legs. But eventually as you progress to like double kettlebells and even you know as the, as the bells get bigger, the diameter gets bigger, right? Okay. So you may end up be going like wider and wider just depending on the size kettlebell that you're using. So the wider the feet go, the more you need to turn the toes out for a proper joint alignment. So if you keep uh-huh. if you keep your feet straight and your uh-huh. legs are really wide, and if you were to draw like a line down my knees, it would go down to the floor. So there's nothing supporting my knee, uh-huh. right? So, but if I turn my toes out and I open my knees and you draw a line straight down, my ankles and my feet are supporting my knees. So we don't want any of this like inward knee kind of collapse. And that could happen when you're when you're like this. You see how like my knees are yeah, kind of collapsing, yeah. right? So just the, the, whatever width you have your feet, toes will be turned out about 45 degrees. Okay. Uh, that's, a, that's a good stance there for single kettlebell. Work. Okay. And, and one, we, we have, uh, I'm doing this with my shoes on and I'm gonna do another one with the shoes off to see the difference. And okay, now it's probably when I lose track of what I'm doing. Okay. So what I'm what we're gonna do is we're gonna set a baseline. Okay. Okay, so just gonna do five swings. Okay. I'm not gonna give you any coaching. Okay. Any you have any injuries, any kind of orthopedic problems that could keep you from just, you know, doing five repetitions. I know no. you've been doing this for a while. No. Okay, cool. So if you don't know if you know that you're not disposed to injuring yourself, I'm gonna let you do five swings. We're gonna see what we see. And then he's gonna correct and me. then I'm gonna make some okay. so, suggestions. <clears throat> understood. Okay. So five swings, no thinking, just let her rip. Oh yeah, I remember now. Three, four, one more, five. Okay, good. We have two style, or I guess not style, two categories of kettlebell movements. We have what's called a grind, and then we have what's called a ballistic. Okay, so a grind is a slow movement. Pressing, squatting, deadlifting, pull-ups. Those are very slow movements. Ballistic movements are very explosive and very fast movements. So swinging a kettlebell, sprinting out on a track, those are very like dynamic movements. Right. So in order to improve your kettlebell swing, the ballistic, we need to back up to the grind and make sure that the grind is on point. Okay. Okay. It's kind of like learning, to, you gotta go back to your crawl to make sure that you know how to run to in before you can run. Right. Kind of thing. So what I'm gonna want you to do here is we wanna make sure that we're finishing, that we're setting up properly. 
So what I want you to do is you're gonna stand over the top of the bell. The bell's gonna be aligned between the, the arches of the feet. A little bit further forward, more. Good. Now what I want you to do is you're gonna sit your hips back and just, you know, four fingers, like make a karate chop hands and just touch the bell. Okay, now, from here, I want you to look like six feet in front of you. Okay. Like tuck your head down just a little bit. Right there, okay, good. Now, what I want you to do here is I want you to pick your chest up. Yeah, without, without picking up your hands, there you go. Now, what I want you to do next is I want you to open your toes a little bit. Don't move your feet, just open your toes a little bit. Now, from here, open your knees a little bit. There you go, good. Okay, look out six feet in front. Okay, pull your shoulders back. No, no, don't get up, stay down there. There you go, more. There you go, good. Okay, keep your hands on the bell. Now, stand up without the weight. What did you feel? A little less stress. Where? In my arms. In your arms? Okay. In my... Uh, uh, quads also. Okay. We also we also got your back, back straight. Yeah. yeah. So your back was rounded over the first time. Right. And the reason why it was and the reason why the first thing I had you do was look out is because your body follows your head. So if you look down, your body's gonna want to round naturally naturally. Right. But if you if you look up, like your posture will will start to self-correct. Right. So starting with the head. So you can come back down again. Okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna touch you if that's okay. That's all right. Bring your knees back, right there. Pick your chest up. There you go, but don't drop your hips. Keep your posture down, right about there. Eyes out right there. Okay, now go ahead and grab the bell. Hook it with your fingers, don't move. Pull your lats back right here. Get some, there, you, I know. there you go, more, down this way, down this way. There you go, right there. You feel these? Yeah. So sometimes you gotta like poke people like this. <laughs> That's tactile feedback, right? So now yes. looking out here and relax and stand up. What'd you feel? I felt uh, a lot less weighted. Yeah, a little lighter? A little more free, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah good. So we're slowly taking the brakes off of things that are, shouldn't be working. Man, it's funny, we're gonna have to have a lot of counseling just so I can do this correctly. <laughs> or am I that bad? And so your lats there, the muscles here, they kind of help pull your shoulders down. Okay, so we have a, a like a cue in the strong first system is your 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 um, your ears are shoulder poison. What that means is the closer your shoulder gets to your ear, the weaker your shoulder is. That's how people tear the rotator cuff. Wow. wow. But the further your shoulder gets away from your ear, the stronger the shoulder becomes. Okay. So if you start here my ears are too close to my shoulders, but if I use my lats and I pull my lats in, I can get my shoulders out of the way and it starts to take that strain out of the shoulder. There you go, right there, yep. And get your knees back a little bit, like your hips higher. Good, keep these lats right here. There you go, right there, just like that. Okay. And now come up without the bell. Nice, so what you're gonna do now is you're gonna do five of those. So you're gonna, you're gonna hinge over just like you've been doing. You're gonna grab the bell and what I want you to try to do now is you're gonna to try to break the handle with your hands. Okay. It ain't gonna break. No. But your intention is to do that. And okay. when you do that, you're gonna give me some feedback of what you feel after that. Okay. So you're gonna sit back, grab the bell, break the handle. We're gonna hold that for a brief second. And right then you're here. Just right and here. you're gonna stand up without the weight. 
Look out that way. Look out six feet in front of you. Good. Keep your hips back. Get your hips up higher. Right there. Put the bell on the floor. Good. Get these lats involved. Good. Good. Break in the handle. I can see white knuckles. Look out six feet in front. Now stand up without the weight. Do that again. There you go. Yep. Stand up without the weight. That's two. <laughs> you got three more. <laughs> Big chest. There you go. Stand up without the weight. Two more. Big chest. And then up without the weight. Yeah, don't try to lift the weight up, just put tension on the handle. Big chest. There you go. But keep your hips high. Higher, higher. There you go. Feel the stretch in your hamstrings? Yeah. yeah that's what you want right there. And rest. So your hamstrings are like rubber bands. So if you're, if you're squatting, the rubber bands are really loose. Right. But the moment that you bring your hips back, your, your, your uh, glutes and your hamstrings turn on. And that's what's going to give you that what we call This is a, almost like a uh, martial art in and of itself. Yeah. So do you remember how I talk about practice? Yeah. So you won't get this same, same, same sensation and same feedback if you're just like, oh, I'm just going to get a workout in. Right. You know what I mean? So this is stuff that you can do once or twice a week. And then you'll have your like workout time. So once or twice a week, you take 10 minutes and you're going to practice setting up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you know I mean? the setup is the most important piece. So uh, Fabio Zanin, he's a master strong first instructor. He says that the setup is the first repetition. And it's the last repetition. So your first rep that you ever do is your setup. Okay, so now what we're going to do is you're going to do the same setup. You're going to grab the bell, right? Oh, when you broke the handle, what did you feel? I just felt stronger. Okay, good. So remember yeah, how we talked about more control. Yeah. So that when we, when we do this and we externally rotate and we're trying to break the handle, this forces the lats to turn on automatically. So you don't have to think about when we turn my lats on, you just try to break the handle and your lats will turn on. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And also it's stimulating the grip. And how do we get stronger? Stronger grip. Strengthening our grip. You know, as a side note though, you know what it also does? Uh, the weaker you grip, the more susceptible you are to a heart attack. Really? Mm -hmm. Getting the grip stronger. Go ahead and hinge over, hands on the bell, chest up. Good, get your hips higher so you feel that big stretch in your hamstrings. Now get a big strong grip on the bell. Okay, and now I want you to, now we're gonna stand up without, stand up with the weight all the way up to the top. Good, and you can look straight ahead. Lock your legs. Can you lock your legs? There you go. Good, stand up straight. Now I want you to squeeze your glutes like you're holding the corn, like a holding the walnut here. Okay. <laughs> Oh, shoulders down, relax here. There you go, good, stay tight here. There you go, keep these tight. Keep this tight, good. Look forward, don't, don't bring your chin down. Abs tight, there we go. How do you feel? Like a uh, statue of David. Good. <laughs> now, you're gonna hinge back, you're gonna touch the floor. Yep. And you're gonna come back up. Good. Shoulders down, get these lats turned on. Again, we're gonna do five of those. Keep those hips high. Good, chin up, look straight. Good, three more. Keep your hips up high. Good, lock your legs, lock your glutes. Yep, one more. Good, hips back for the wall, look for the wall. There you go, and up. Lock your glutes, lock everything, everything comes shut together. And hit, hit, <clears throat> hinge back and put the bell down. 
Keep those hips up high. Nice. Good. How'd that feel? <clears throat> like I worked out already. Yeah. So all we're doing is just kind of pattern. This is what we call deadlift patterning, right? So we're just kind of patterning that. And the yeah, reason yeah. why the reason why we have to go back to that is because if we can get if we can get the the deadlift down, right? If we get this pattern down, it's the same pattern as the swing. Yeah. It's the same pattern, right? But if we if the the swing is broken, if you will, then that means the deadlift's broken too. Right. Okay. So we're gonna do that again. This time when you stand up, we're gonna add a little more like speed to it. So okay. you're gonna hinge back, you're gonna do everything like we just did. You're gonna inhale, and then as you stand up, you're gonna exhale and you're gonna say the letter S. All the way up. Good, lock your legs, everything needs to get locked tight. Good, lats tight. There we go, glutes, quads, abs. Good, chin up, look straight. And again, inhale down. As soon as you tap. Good, three more. And lock those glutes every time. Keep them tight until you sit back. Take your time, take your time. <laughs> Getting too much in a hurry. Take your time, one more. Keep those hips high. One more. and rest. Now what I want you to do for the next one, we go ahead and kick your shoes off. You feel how you're kind of bouncing around there at the end? A little bit. Kind of getting off your, off your, off balance? Yes. So your shoes are squishy shoes. You don't want to weightlift in squishy shoes. That's why you see like uh, Olympic weightlifters, they use those Olympic weightlifting shoes because they're really, they're hard on the bottom. Uh-huh. So like a hard platform. Are those? No, these are just flat sole moving about. So we're gonna do that deadlift again. Okay. Now remember we talked about last time, you're focused on grabbing the ground with your feet. Yes. Hinge back. Keep those hips up high. And then oh, oh my fault. Inhale and then keep a nice tight grip on the bell. Good. Glutes loculate. Oh, don't come down yet. No, don't come down. Everything is everything is strong and set up. Chin is up. Relax your neck. But stay tight here. There we go. Stay tight here. This is jelly. Squeak. There we go. No jelly. Keep your hips up high. To the top. Good. Get everything tight. Again. One more. Rest. There you go. Always put it down because the last the last rep is your your still exercising. Yeah. yeah. How'd that feel? Empowering. Good. Nice. I'm getting there. How's your how's your footing feel with your shoes off? Better. Yeah. More stable. Better. Yeah. Better. So a lot of people can start to get this is this could be controversial, or what? But sometimes flat feet can be a can be a result of shoes all the time because the shoes are giving you the support. So the arch is like, well, I don't need to work anymore. I'll just go flat. Right. You know, so not saying that if you have flat feet, they should go right into barefoot, but it's, you know, a little bit throughout the day, slowly strengthens the foot that in turn strengthens the ankle, the knee, the hip, and it works its way up the chain. Right. So now we're going to do one more. You're going to do another set of deadlifts, but this time we're going to add more speed to it. So here's the breath. 
and you're gonna come up and snap your hips shut really quick. Okay. Okay. And then you're gonna come back down again. As soon as you tap, you're gonna come up and snap your hips shut again. That's uh, yeah. okay. Best you can. Thank you for that <laughs> disclaimer. <laughs> okay. Let's see. Chest up. There you go. Good. Lock your legs. Good. Don't look down. Look straight. Okay, again. Inhale down. A little tap. There you go. Grab the ground with your toes. Glutes tight, quads tight. Again. Those hips high. Nice. Keep the glutes tight. I see jelly in the back. Good. Again. Hips up high. Good. Jelly in the back. There we go. He's right. One more. And rest. So your glutes are not only your glutes are there obviously to Support. pad your backside so you can sit down, right? That's one. Uh, they're also there to extend your hips forward. There's two. But another thing that your glutes do is they they protect your back. Okay, so people have weak glutes or no glutes at all, go straight down there to the back of their legs, are very susceptible to back pain because there's nothing there to support their back. Good point. So you see some of the most powerful athletes in the world, sprinters, dancers, gymnasts, huge glutes on these people. Yeah. So an athlete should have big, powerful glutes because everything comes from like your center, right? Swinging, a, right. throwing, punching, kicking, Everything kind of comes from here, yeah. right? And so that's why we got to get the glutes nice and strong. Plus, because they help protect your back. Yeah. Right. <coughs> How do those feel? Better. It's a pretty yeah. good workout. So it's just here. a little sure. practice. So now what we're going to do to recap, just to kind of come full circle. Obviously, we you know, this takes a lot more practice, but just so you can kind of see, this is a brief cliff notes of learning the kettlebell swing. Like we're going a much deeper rabbit hole. Right. Now what you're going to do is you're going to take a step back. And now you're gonna do that swing that you just first did. Everything that you just learned, grabbing the ground, zipping up as you come all the way and standing up, not looking down, looking straight at the top of your swing. We're gonna do five. Yeah, I'm actually gonna do a yep, swing. Now you're gonna actually do the swing, but now you're gonna apply everything that we just did. And I'll give you cues when I see them that they're needed. Go ahead and hike back and go. Okay. Lock those legs. Lock those legs. There you go. Lock your glutes. Keep your chin up. Whoa, I go. <laughs> we start over. It's me. It's operator headspace and timing. So let's take a break. The breathing. It's biomechanical breathing. Okay. What I mean by that is it's opposite of, of a lot of your movements. So like, let's say this, right? So if I were to like punch you in your gut, you wouldn't go, you wouldn't breathe in because I'd knock your wind out. That's right. You would go and you would brace, right? So right. you wouldn't go because then you get your wind knocked out. So right. if someone were to punch you, you'd, you'd exhale. Right. Okay. So what you're going to do is you're going to inhale as you hike past. And then as soon as you stand up, when you go like that, your abs are bracing. So if someone were to kick you at the same time you're swinging, you wouldn't get your, your abs, your, your, your air knocked out. So it's So it has, you start to get the rhythm, right? So you're saying like, how do I 
I'm running out of breath and I'm hyperventilating, it's because we're trying to breathe like we're jogging. Right. When that's not what we're doing here, right? If you ever listen to a boxer, you ever watch MMA or watch listen to like a boxer, when they're punching, they're not. <laughs> right? It's. You, yeah, you, you hear yeah, these yeah. And so that's they're power breathing every time. So every time they strike, it's they're, they're using these. That's what's happening there. Right. They're not. It's so you have you're jogging, breathing, aerobic, different style of breathing. For power, we need to breathe biomechanically with power breath. Okay. Okay. So let's try it again. Let's try it again. Don't look down. Lock your glutes. Again, glutes. Two more. One more. Rest. Nice. Good. Go and stand right here. Okay. So the timing now is the next thing. So we're gonna do one more set. I want you to focus on breathing through your hips. What I mean by that is, is as soon as you come forward, here, boom, the bell is already up, and then you're going So the breath, the, the breath is Light. too far behind. Okay. The breath should be as soon as you lock your hips. Okay. So instead of you want it to be the cause. So you see my hips? My hips are the cause, and the breath is right through here. Right. And when you do that, you're gonna freak out because that bell's gonna try to fly across the room. Because of all the energy, your abs are now involved, everything is involved with that swing. But take your time setting up. Right. If I get the first one right, everything else will flow. There you go. There you go. Keep your chin up. Lock your legs. Lock your legs. One more. Rest. A little bit better timing. I'm slobbering over here. But you notice the bell went up a little bit faster. Yeah, yeah. It was hard to control. So we can, spend a, we can spend a whole lot more time on that. But that's essentially, so first set of swings you did. Now these last set of swings you did. Easier. Easier, right? Uh, yeah. More efficient. And more control and more control yeah yeah so obviously there's a lot of things we got to practice on you know head positioning you know, not not looking down keeping your head up looking straight and the reason why that's important is because the kettlebell swing they've done studies on this at I believe it was the University of Missouri one of our senior SFG instructors the average male will will produce three times his body weight in virtual force on the backswing with a 24 kilogram kettlebell. All that fancy jargon means what's gonna happen is if I, took a, if I took a 24 kilo bell and I throw it back between my legs and I drive forward, I'm producing over 600 pounds of virtual force. It's a lot of force, it's a lot of power. Yeah. So if I'm hiking back and driving my neck up too far, if I'm hiking back and driving my neck down, that's a lot of virtual force coming through my neck. Yeah. You jack your neck up. Yeah. So, we wanna make sure we keep our, 
are head at a, like a neutral position. Your eyes are focused out like three to six feet in front of you. And then once you stand up and you drive, you're staying tall. See here versus here or here, right? If I were to keep my neck down, I'm looking at the floor the whole time. If I were to keep my head hyperextended, now I'm looking up, right? Yeah. So neck stays neutral, hike back, boom. Boom. These are little things, but they, oh, yeah. that's that part of the system that once we get that down, because in time, right? We're like, oh, I mean, you know, my kind of, man, swings kind of bother my neck. Yeah. Well, the way you swing bothers your neck. Yeah. But swings don't actually bother your neck. You know how many? You hear this all the time. Squats are bad for my knees. The way you squat's bad for your knees. Yeah. You know, obviously, unless you, you know, if you've got severe knee problems, but that's, you know, that's something else. Yeah. But swings don't hurt your back. Deadlifts don't hurt your back. The way you do those exercises hurts your back. You know, so that's why you make you want to step back. So if we were to continue swinging the way we were swinging, that could lead to problems down the road. So that's why you want to back up. Let's see what the deadlift looks like. Correct that. And so it's all behavior. And this is what ties into, this is a metaphor for the rest of life. Okay. <laughs> so I like to do a little teaching. Right, uh, right, right. You know, for, for the guys in my programs and our students. Movement is a behavior, just like kids. If we don't correct that bad movement right off the bat, that behavior gets worse. Yep. So if you're always slouching when you're doing your swings, it's gonna get worse and it's gonna be hard to break. Trying to discipline a kid when he's 15 years old, good luck, right? Especially if there's no father in the home. Yep. But if you, if you get it early, the movements improve just like behavior improves. Right. right. So movement is a behavior. So if you start to see faulty movement patterns, you're slouching, this is happening, this is happening, let's take a look back and see why that is. Let's look to clean that up. So it doesn't show up when you're trying to do your strength training. Right. So movement's a behavior. So Hector, how can people find out more about you, uh, where your workout facility is? If you're in Corpus Christi, you can find us at 5801 Patton Street. We're behind McCoy's Lumberyard. Um, online, if you want to work with me online and learn more about like our products courses and our like our men's program coaching, um, you can find me on Facebook at Strong as Heck, uh, and that's H E C. And then my blog, which is where I'm really active in my YouTube channel, that is strongasheck.com. Sounds good. Yeah. So for those of out, those of you out there that want to escape your comfort zone and try something that might be a little challenging, look up Hector. And uh, for those of you that are interested in escaping your comfort zone, hit that subscribe button and like our channel. Thank you, Hector. Yes, sir. Appreciate Thanks. your time, man. Absolutely. Well, there you have it. You can swing a kettlebell around well after 50, and you can do it safely. Thank you so much, Hector, for sharing all those wonderful tips and tricks. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. And we can't wait to see you for our next bi-weekly podcast. Make sure to rate and review this podcast wherever you're listening to it from. And if you're watching this from our YouTube channel, don't forget to subscribe so that you don't miss when we put out new videos. Until next time, get out of your comfort zone. <laughs>